Hi, I'm Patricia Gabarek. And I'm Katina Sawyer, and welcome to the Worker Being Podcast. So today, Katina, you've got an article for us, right? Yes, I do. And as a matter of fact, I have an article today um, on person job fit. It's also on person organization fit. Um, But uh, we've been talking a lot lately, and in our Last episode, we talked about the Persona documentary and some of the issues and struggles that we have had with the uh, documentary being inaccurate. And one of the things that we talked about was the importance of finding the right person for the right job and that assessments are a part of that. So even though this isn't about assessments today, it is about the importance of fit to the job and why that can have positive impacts on people's well-being and also on the organization. So I will be talking today about the importance of fit to your job. That's awesome. I love this topic. I think it's so important for people to recognize how much your fit to an organization can have an impact on you. Your job and the organization, you know, both those things really can play into how you feel about, obviously, about the job itself, but then just generally in your wellness. And I think a lot of people don't, I think at least initially in people's careers, I think eventually over time people start to intuitively understand this to some degree, but I think people don't give it enough um, credence. It's not, they don't put as much weight on it as they should. And really when you're going through the interview process, you need to be vetting that position and that company as best as you can to make sure that when you arrive, you'll actually be good. (laughs) Yeah. Completely, completely. And I mean, a lot of our field of IO psychology is based on finding the right fit for the job because a lot of what we do is profile jobs and figure out what the job is and then profile what's needed for the job and then find good ways for promoting uh, and, and finding individuals that actually fit with those criteria in a variety of different ways. So a lot of our field has to do with this topic or is resting on this topic. So mm-hmm. I think it's also a good kind of um, foundational topic for us and for people to get a little bit more introduced to IO Psych if they don't know as much about it as they're listening. Yeah, I love it. Well, I can't wait to dive in. Um, But before that, just wanted to see how you're doing today. What's going on? I'm doing good. Um, Everything is pretty normal. Nothing too big to report, I don't think. Um, We are on spring break this week. Um, so I am hanging out, uh, and, uh, (laughs) grading a lot of papers for my students, uh, for their (laughs) midterms, uh, and things of that nature and trying to get caught up on some writing and things like that. So it's really, um, kind of a, a restorative week and I'm spending some time with my mom. She got her vaccine. I'm very excited about that. Um, yeah, so we have a, uh, you know, I have a little bit of a like a catch up kind of a week, which is nice and good. Um, yeah, so it's not been too bad. And I know you are in the uh, uh, I don't know. It's your second week on your new job, right? Third. Today's the third. Third. First After day of the orientation. Third week. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Second week post orientation. Third week overall. Um, yeah. So I'm in the throes of it of a learning and. Um, I will say that so far, I think I evaluated my person job fit effectively. Yay. Um, I do feel like I can, I see where I can contribute. So I'm feeling good about that. Um, yeah. Yeah. But that's what's going on on the work front. But I 
Also, I'm benefiting from vaccine stuff. We saw my parents this weekend, and they're both fully vaccinated. And Danny and I have our first doses. And so we, like, hung out. I mean, I haven't hung out with my parents without masks in a long time. Yeah. So that was really nice. We were able to hang out, no masks. Because my mom works in healthcare, so I think that's yeah. a big piece that people should know. Um, yes. You know, even I know people do hang out without masks in calculated risk situations, but because my mom works in healthcare, it's, you know, it was definitely always tricky with her. But now that she's fully vaccinated, she's been vaccinated for a little while, and my dad's completely done, um, we feel more comfortable. And so we, we weren't, like, cuddling up necessarily, but... Um, we were able to hang out. And then I also saw um, some friends, including Allie, our fabulous producer, uh, this weekend. Yeah. So we we went to a park and we did wear masks there because um, Allie has her first dose now and I have my first dose. Our other friend does not have either any doses yet. Um, but we, we hung out and had a little picnic outside um, at a park and got to see um Allie's little little girl Cece again and that was really fun she's so so stinking cute oh my (laughs) goodness like one of the cutest babies ever she's just got these like ridiculously cute cheeks and these beautiful eyes like she's got these insanely long eyelashes I'm just like ugh, why can't I have eyelashes like that it's not fair I want your baby's eyelashes (laughs) (laughs) it's not fair I should have them Your baby doesn't even need them right now. Yeah, not yet, but I guess eventually she'll be very grateful for those eyelashes. That's very true. That is very true. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad. And it is nice to feel some more normalcy entering back into the world as things are slowly, as the vaccination rates are starting to go up and things are slowly starting to open back up um, as a result, like, it's just nice to see mm-hmm. things returning to a little bit more normalcy. Um, I know it will be an adjustment to return back to uh, our prior way of life in a sense. I think different people are reacting to it differently. Um, totally. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. But I am really looking forward to hopefully I'm on track to get the vaccine by the end of May. And I think most people, I'm hoping most yeah. people will be able to get it then as we have been told recently that it will happen that way, which I hope is true. Um but we're doing like a um so a bunch of my friends already are done with the vaccine um that live in different states. Uh and so we're doing at the end of May like a road trip to South Carolina to visit our one friend and I hope that all of us are vaccinated by then really it's just Brendan and I that are the wild cards because the other three of them are already vaccinated fully um so uh it would just be us to see if we can get it done by then hopefully we can um but uh that will be just so nice because if all of us have it and then she lives near a bunch of like outdoor like spread out breweries and things like that and I'm like oh my god like could we go to a place and someone could like bring us a thing? <laughs> I know. It's like know. so weird. I'm like, oh my God, that's so wild <laughs> to think that like that could be something that could happen in the next, you know, couple of months or a little bit more than a couple months. I'm like, wow, that's like not that long. Even though at the beginning we thought this was like, like a few weeks was so long. 
it seems so short now comparatively that there's mm-hmm. some sort of like horizon. So I am looking forward to that. We're we're planning that trip to Charleston, which is, by the way, the scene of where I broke my feet. So I will not repeat that. Uh, that I be careful. That makes me nervous. I know. <laughs> I don't. I'm like, I'm not, it can't happen to me again. <laughs> I don't even want. I'm not even going to. Uh, I'm just gonna tell you but it makes me anxious I I sprained my ankle the very first time I went to Cabo mm-hmm. and the second time I went to Cabo I sprained it again and I will never go back to Cabo no that's probably not okay. true I probably will go back to Cabo but I definitely whenever you feel a- like spraining an ankle you go back. <laughs> <laughs> I just definitely need a break from Cabo because of that I made me really yes. scared and I feel like I have to be like extra prepared and cautious because I'm so I mean literally the second time I got there like the first time I sprained my ankle in Cabo it was like at least on like day two the second time I went to Cabo when I sprained my ankle I was walking off the plane and so in that airport like you walk out like onto like outside like not into you know you don't go through like yeah think of words but so I walk like out terminal. Outside. You don't get into like the bridgeway. You're like out yes. onto the ground. Yeah, exactly. And it was uneven and I fell like literally no. just completely <laughs> fell. And uh, it's so, not funny, but it is just like that's I mean, so ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And so like that's how my trip started with the sprained ankle right off the no, bat. Like I, so sad. I have never been there without a sprained ankle. So anyways, um, well, I will not make it a double in Charleston. I'm going to be like so careful. Yes. Um, cautionary tale. <laughs> yes. Well, I remember we went to Disney one time as little kids and my my grandparents came and met us there. So we had been there for like a few days, but my grandparents came to meet us like, I don't know, like three days in or something. And so like the, they were like about to like arrive. And so that we went to wait for them on like the magical express. Like we went outside the hotel, like the bus stop or whatever. We're like waiting for my grandparents to pull up. And my mom's like, there's their bus. And it like pulls up and my grandpa's getting off the bus and he sees us there and he like waves. Like he's like so happy, like waving to us. And we're like, grandpa or whatever. And he just like doesn't realize there's like an extra step on the bus. And oh, he just no. like falls right off oh, the no. bus. Oh. And same thing. He ended up breaking his ankle. So he had to go straight from the bus to like Disney, like hospital or whatever, like oh, emergency, whatever. And then the whole rest of the trip, he was in a wheelchair. My dad had to like push him around and oh. like all the parks and everything were like all pushing my grandpa but it was like the same thing it was like they literally just got there and he was like hello and then he's just like down and I know it's not funny but I always laugh whenever anybody falls including myself I laughed so much when I fell so um <laughs> so it was quite the quite the event but I will not do that again but I am excited no. to and I am excited to be able to go and I'm happy that things are starting to be on a more optimistic note and the weather's starting to get nicer and like I just feel like a little bit of a weight of like the you know, last few cold kind of times that we've been going through feeling like a little Mm -hmm. bit more of like a lifted weight. Good. Well, I'm glad. And I think you will be very careful in Charleston. So I, I think you'll be fine, but, um, I I feel the same way. I'm like very, I mean, we'll have our second dose by gosh, in a week, a week and like a day, I'm going to have my second dose. Um, so we made reservations actually to like one of our favorite restaurants in downtown LA, uh, Bestia for Yay. like, we made it for like, uh, they say you should wait two weeks to, you know, for all the antibodies, whatever, whatever. Right. So it's like in early April 
and Yay. I'm so excited. I'm going to go out to a restaurant. They're going to like yes. make me a cocktail and bring me fancy Yay. food. But then Finally. I'm also terrified because <laughs> like, so, I just haven't been around that many people yeah. in such a close situation that I feel like I'm going to have a little bit of an anxiety issue at first. I know. I feel that way, too. Um, even today, we went to go get like a coffee um, just like at a coffee shop with masks, obviously, but like everyone in there didn't have masks on. And I was like, no, no, <gasps> no. Like I like have like immediate of like, ah, get me. And I feel like even if I have the vaccine, I'm still going to have that reaction. It's just like a gut reaction and all the dreams mm-hmm. that I have now where like I show up someplace and everything's fine. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, I don't have a mask or like, oh my God, no one here has a mask or like, like it's obviously entered into our psyches on like some level that yeah. we're not just going to be like feel normal all of a sudden. People didn't have masks at the coffee shop? No, because they don't have to have it on when they eat or drink. And so oh. what I have been noticing in coffee shops is that because you're kind of constantly drinking coffee, if that makes sense. Yeah. People, I mean, it doesn't make sense to me. I wouldn't do it. But like people, I feel that that's what people are doing is that they're like, oh, well, like I'm not going to like take my mask on and off in between each sip of coffee. But then it might take me like an hour to drink this cup of coffee. And they're inside. So, and they're inside. I just, I I mean, t- indoor dining is opening in LA, like 25% capacity or something like that. And I, my reservations for out, are outside still. Like the yeah. idea of it just makes me it panic. freaks you out. And yeah, I can't, I, I need to get past this, but oh my gosh. I agree. Yeah. So today when I walked in and it was inside and everybody was like, had no masks, I was just like, ah, ah, ah. I like got my coffee and like, and like was like, beep. I'm like left I was only in there for like five minutes but um but it was still like I was just like what's happening to me and I just feel like I'm not gonna like get over that feeling even if like there's no imminent like real imminent threat to me you know yeah agreed oof well anyways yes (laughs) I feel the same way but um let's uh go ahead and shift and start talking about the article I am curious article basically is uh a fairly recent piece it is from 2019 and it is by Rayton Yalabic and Rapti. And um, so the article is called Fit Perceptions, Work Engagement, Satisfaction, and Commitment. So a very straightforward title, unlike many that we often see. Um, and it was published in the Journal of Managerial Psychology, which we don't usually pull um, <laughs> many articles from. But I thought that this one was a really good just kind of uh, straightforward, streamlined message about the importance of uh person job fit to help everyone understand why you should be interested in that topic awesome yeah so you were telling me before we started recording this is pretty straightforward so what i'm gonna give us some definitions first or something sure. and then we yes. can kind of dive into it yes absolutely so let's talk first about fit so there are different types of fit that you can have on the job so You can feel that you fit well with your supervisor. You can feel that you fit well with your coworkers. You can feel that you fit well with your group or your team. Um, The ones that we're going to be looking at today are feeling like you fit well with your job and feeling like you fit well with your organization. And so um, those are actually two of the most prevalent, or they are the two most prevalent uh, types of fit that have been studied in the research. And particularly fit to the job has been studied with a lot of There's been a lot of focus on that in the research. And it is important that you fit with your supervisor, you fit with your coworkers, you fit with your team. Um, But 
in studies that have looked at them all together, it seems like uh, person job fit and person organization fit tend to be um, have have stronger relationships with some important outcomes uh, than other types of fit as well. So um, they they are quite important. And so let's talk about what they mean. So person organization fit is the compatibility between a person and their organization so that the organization provides what the person needs and that they feel that they share fundamental characteristics with the organization. So something about the organization represents who they are as a person. Um, And that the person also represents the organization. So they sort of share similar values, basically, is PO fit. Um, And they might also share similar, like, beliefs. Um, They might have similar goal sets, things like that. So sort of the culture of the organization and the values of the organization fit with who the person is. And that's person-organization fit. And I think an important thing here is, um, as people are thinking about this idea, it's not just you know the the culture piece is obviously important that you feel like it's a culture that you like you're getting the, your needs met but sometimes you can be in a place where you've got a great culture but there's something about the values that don't align with you and that can still make you feel a little icky so i think that value piece is really important you want to make sure that you're aligned to what the organization is doing or you like believe in the mission to some extent um to really have a strong person organization fit yeah. And I mean, you can think about this. There's actually a case that was done at Juul, which is like the vaping company. Oh, and yeah. mm-hmm. their culture as a company is really positive, but they lose people because people can't get on the board on board with the mission of selling people on vaping. Right. Um, now, the way that they reframe it for people is that it's for, you know, they try to say that it's for people who smoke and they're trying to get people who smoke nicotine off of nicotine and onto jewels, right? Or not nicotine, who smoke tobacco off of tobacco that goes in your lungs, et cetera, and onto jewel. But there's also like heavy marketing towards, you know, people that don't smoke already. Right. And so people, that's a, an example of a place that as a case that they use in business schools, um, a place that has a really good culture, but they lose people due to the values pretty frequently. Interesting. I'm glad you had a case to speak to that. Yeah. <laughs> I had like some examples in my head, but uh, some that I wasn't necessarily as excited to share because I know people that work at certain places, but I don't know anyone who works one. at Thank Jewel, you. so I don't care. Um, so, <laughs> so, uh, so yes, so that's the organization. So it's more like a broad based. I, I like what this organization stands for and I like the culture here. Um, Person job fit is basically a similar idea, but between the employee and their specific job. And there are sort of two components that make up person job fit. So one is that I have what the job requires. So what's needed to do the job I possess. So my knowledge, skills, abilities, and other sorts of things mesh with what's required for me to do the job. So my personality meshes, what I know how to do, my skill set meshes well with what's required to do the job well. And another piece is that this job has what I need in order for me to feel fulfilled. And that could be with regard to I get the recognition that I need. I have working conditions that I like. I have pay that I appreciate. I see myself as having career advancement in this job. So 
it's not just about the tasks, duties, and responsibilities, and do I feel like I can perform them well, but also do I feel like I have other things that I would need out of the job itself that fulfill what I want out of my career. Yeah, and that kind of ties into the piece of I know how to do a task, but if the task is really boring to me too, that's another important part. You know, if I'm, I know I can count marbles all day long, like I'm going to be able to count them. I have the capacity to count, but I would be so bored and it wouldn't be engaging me. It wouldn't feel the challenge that I need or, you know, be making an impact that I need or something like that. And so those, those components are important. So I think that's a really good point that it's, you know, it's not, I mean, the definition is not just around, you know, can you do the work, but is that work also going to be meaningful for you? Exactly. Exactly. So there are sort of multiple things that you're thinking about when you think about the job and it's, you know, can I do this job? And also do I think that this job is giving me what I need as an employee more broadly? Um, and then within your job or outside of your job, your job is housed within a culture and a set of values in the organization that you're also assessing your fit with. So ostensibly you could be in a job that you have great, you know, skill set for, skill set match for. Um, you feel like you're getting what you need out of it from a career perspective, but the culture is really bad. And so that makes you less happy or vice versa. You're in an organization that's really great. The culture's really great. You believe in the mission, but day to day, you feel like you don't fit well with your job and you don't feel like you're getting what you need from a career perspective out of it. So really when both of those are high, it's obviously the best case scenario. And this is sort of a tangent, but for leaders of organizations, it's important to think about you know, when you're making your culture and you're making an effective, positive, great culture that people want to work in, what else are you doing to help people move laterally or to different roles because of that specific person job fit? Because you can have the perfect culture, uh, but you can still lose people that don't fit well with their roles. So I think that's really critical from like a senior leadership perspective, like executives really need to think about how can we allow people to move around to find that job where they're going to feel the most fulfilled. And so giving that, that movement, I think is really helpful and important when you are uh, thinking culturally, how can you keep people? So that's just yeah. a side note, but I always think no, about I it. No, I completely agree with that. And I also think that that makes it really important that people understand the jobs that exist. So like, do you have accurate and up-to-date job descriptions for the jobs that you manage or do other people in the organization have job descriptions that are accurate for jobs that people on your team might be able to flow to? Um, And also, do you understand the people on your team well enough to know what are their strengths? What are, you know, what jobs are they actually able to do effectively so that when an opportunity crops up, that would be a good fit for them. You're not like, Oh, I don't know who would want that opportunity. And then it's a missed chance to really help enhance the fit. Uh, that that person has within their job in the organization. Totally. Yeah. I think it's, I think that is a very important thing for leaders, managers specifically to think about, and then HR and executives to think about the strategy behind that and helping provide the tools so that managers can help people move around. But anyways, super side tangent, but I thought it was important. No, no, I think it's really good. And so, so basically what they're saying in this article is based on everything that we know about the importance of feeling like you fit with your organization and feeling like you fit with your job, when you feel like you fit well in both of these ways, you're likely to have greater energy towards your job. You're likely to be more dedicated to the job and you're likely to be more absorbed in your job, right? So you're uh, 
your work is more likely to um, give you to to keep you motivated. You're more likely within both the job and the organization. You're more likely to be dedicated um, to what you're doing. And you're more likely to, you know, look around you and say, you know, this is a place where I really get lost in what I'm doing. I, you know, the time flies. I don't feel like this is a chore. So both feeling a mesh with the culture and the values and with the job that you're doing should lead you to just be generally more motivated, committed, and um, to feel like, you know, this is, this is a place where I really don't think of it as a drudgery. And that, it, that, those are the components of engagement. So their basic argument here is that if you have higher PO fit or higher PJ fit or both, and both would be ideal, your engagement should go up. Um, and they think that this happens because of two specific things, which is that person job fit makes you more committed to your organization and happier in your job. And person organization fit does the same thing. You should be happy in your job and more committed to your organization. And that should lead you to feel more energized, more dedicated, and more absorbed into your work. And so what did they find? So basically what they found was that. So uh, <laughs> higher, so starting with person organization fit, person organization fit led you, to, led people in the sample. So they uh, did this uh, in a sample of bankers and they measured uh, how well people fit with their organization, how well they fit with their job, how effectively committed they were to the organization and how much satisfaction they had with the org- with their job um, and their work engagement. And they measured everything at one time point except for engagement, which they measured a year later. So they basically looked at how much do you think you fit with your organization? How much do you think you fit with your job? How happy are you and how committed are you? And then they looked if a year later those things predicted your engagement at work. Um So it's not the most rigorous design for a study that we've seen. So still take it with a grain of salt. But um, but it does demonstrate some interesting predictive validity because the time lag is pretty big. Um, Mm -hmm. So in any event, they basically found that with regard to personal organization fit, it makes you more committed. It makes you happier on the job and it leads to engagement and the same for person job fit. But person organization fit is much more strongly related to engagement through affective commitment, which is feelings of emotional tie to your organization, than through job satisfaction and the opposite for person job fit. So person job fit is much more related to engagement through job satisfaction than it is through feelings of commitment to your organization. So um, if you want to think about it in terms of pulling these levers and what do they do, by enhancing person organization fit, you make people feel more emotionally connected to the organization, which then makes them more absorbed in, dedicated to, and energized toward their work. When you enhance person job fit, you make people much happier with their jobs, and that does the same thing. It makes people more engaged as well. That makes sense. I'm glad you broke that down. I was just about to ask you to do that. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, so those two kind of breakdowns make sense, right? So when you're a good fit for the organization, then that's going to make you feel like you like the company, like what we just talked about with that tangent is, you know, maybe you have the best organization and people might stay for a while, even if the job sucks because they like the company. So they're going to feel committed to that company because they align with the beliefs and values, et cetera. And then that would make you engaged in the work, even if it's not ideal. Right. But on the other hand, if you have the job fit piece, if you really fit well with the job, then you're happy with the actual job itself. 
um, which is what I've actually seen a lot of people that I know, like kind of the examples I was talking about that I didn't want to share, what companies I'm thinking of where people love their job, but they don't feel as committed to the organization because of the organization's values. So they stay for a while because of that job fit, because they're really happy in the job. And so they still are engaged. Um, So then imagine if you can get both, then you've got that like awesome engaged employee, right? You feel really good about your work. You feel really good about the company you're committed, you're satisfied in the job and therefore you're going to be more engaged overall. And like, I think both of these things together are the perfect storm of fit. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And, and something particularly interesting is that person job fit was really, really, really predictive of job satisfaction. And it was actually similarly predictive of affective commitment compared to PO fit. So when we look at what has the like biggest impact on all of this, um, it's really person job fit that has much stronger relationships with um, person job fit was correlated at 0.75 with job satisfaction. So that's a really high correlation. Correlations go between zero and one for everyone who's listening with one being a perfect correlation. Like every single time this goes up one unit, that goes up one unit. Like they move in perfect sync. So you could think about every time I get, you know, 1% higher on my person job fit, I get 1% higher on my, um, on my, uh, Uh, job satisfaction that's this is not that but it's at 0.75 which is you know three quarters of that so it's really 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 strong correlation um so the in terms of if you had to pick one in person organization fit or person job fit this paper shows that person job fit seems to have a much higher uh have a much stronger relationship with increasing attitudes compared to PO fit, which still had a strong impact on affective commitment and a lesser impact on job satisfaction. But PJ fit was really the big hero here in this model. Interesting. So then I feel like I hear people give the advice all the time that if you are, you know, looking for career growth, a new job, Sometimes you have to take a role that's the perfect role in a company that you're less excited about. And it sounds like that's actually okay. It's the opposite that's worse. Yeah. If you have to, if you have to pick between a great job and a bad culture or a great culture with a bad job, it seems as if you should pick a great job with a bad culture as opposed to vice versa. That's really interesting. That's so interesting. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I mean, I think ideally you want to find both. And I think there's probably a caveat for like a really bad toxic culture. Yes. Um, But, you know, if it's not the perfect culture, the perfect company, it might be okay to, to still go for that job if the job is a good fit. So I think that's, that's really interesting. Just from like an employee perspective, a good takeaway is as you're looking for jobs, try to figure out where do you fit from an organization perspective? Where do you fit from a job perspective? And if you have two jobs on the table, two offers on the table, take the one where the job is the closest fit. Right. Um, and not, you know, I know a lot of people will take jobs to get in with a company, but it seems like it might be better to hold off until you find the better job within that company down the road. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So um, basically what they suggest is that All of your selection and recruitment practices should look at trying to find people, if you can, that experience both types of fit. 
Um, and if it's not possible to do that, finding folks that at least fit with the job is really important. So getting those job descriptions right and measuring the knowledge, skills, abilities, personality characteristics that predict performance on the job and using those to make decisions is crucial. Um, if you add culture elements of culture fit into your selection process, that's also good. But um, again, not as crucial as fit to the job. And they also mentioned in the article that you should offer realistic job previews to people that you are hiring. So instead of trying to make the job sound like it's this like amazing job that has no down downsides, that's like this like glorious idealistic thing, being realistic with people about what the job is actually like and letting them self-select into that position is actually a really good thing because if people find out down the line that the job's not going to be what they expected, they might end up being um, you know, feeling like they're less of a fit than they thought and being less of a fit than they thought they would be. And that actually can have more negative implications than people might think. I always think it's super important to have that realistic job preview. Like every time I've ever talked to a candidate for any company that I've been doing interview processes with, I always start with that. And obviously that's probably because I learned this in school. <laughs> So don't feel bad if you haven't done this before, but this is definitely something we talked about in graduate school, but I think it really helps. And like, I always ask the question when I'm interviewing too, like being in being interviewed rather uh, around what are the downsides? What are the challenges? Because sometimes you will run into situations where people are not being realistic with you. They really are excited about you coming on board. They might want to sugarcoat things so that you actually join I would encourage the employees that are going or candidates that are going through the interview process to push for more realistic information. You know, ask them what's the most challenging thing in this job? Uh, what's the most challenging thing about the culture or the team? And see if you can get some real answers from folks so that you can have a better sense as to what the downsides are. Because there might be some downsides that are deal breakers for you and you don't want to put yourself in that situation. Um, and obviously the same thing from the employer side. If you don't share those downsides, then people might leave earlier than you'd like them to because they don't really know what, what they're getting. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So when we talk about the importance of understanding the job and selecting using data to select people who are the best fit for that job, we're not just saying that to say that. It's because the person will actually be happier in the job, which is good for their well-being. Ultimately, they'll be more engaged in their work. And we know from lots of research that engagement leads to performance. So it also has downstream positive implications for the organization overall through enhanced productivity and effectiveness. So it's really important to select people that are the right fit for the job. Data about whether or not someone's a good fit for the role is a really good way to do that. And so uh, in alignment with some of what we talked about in the Persona documentary episode, I think, you know, just another reiteration that gathering data about individuals to see who's an actual objective good fit for the role is positive both for the company but also for the person in the job so it's a win-win completely it is a win-win and I'm excited you shared this article today and then we could talk about it further I think it's very important and I think it gets to you know I think a lot of people listen in because they're really interested in employee wellness and this is at the key, the core of it all, right? Being able to have a fit between your job and your company and yourself um, can really help you. And so thinking about wellness broadly, like we try to in everything we write and do, I think is really important. And I think this article really highlights that, that it's not just about um, some of the 
you know, po- other positive things you can think about, right? Like cre- having, you know, practicing mindfulness on your own to help you deal with stress. Like that stuff's right. important, but some of these core pieces around what job you're actually in are really important. And I think it's also good to know as an employee that if you don't feel like the job is right for you, that's okay. Not every job is right for everybody. And it might be time to reevaluate whether this is the type of job for you. Maybe there's other jobs out there that you should be pursuing. And maybe if you have the ability to shift gears, um, that, that might be useful for you and your overall wellness. And I know that like our very first podcast episode, we talked about your calling and what that means. And I think that kind of ties in here too, right? If you don't have a job that you're a good fit for, and if you've tried the same type of job in multiple different companies, maybe it's the core of that type of position that isn't good for you. And you need to kind of reevaluate what you're doing. A hundred percent. I think that makes so much sense. Um, And I also think that, you know, there's just a lot of sort of um, misinformation out there about how people can find the right person for the job and the importance of doing that. And I think that following the science and ensuring that you're using that proper algorithm that is actually calibrated by scientists, IO psychologists that know what they're doing to create that better fit um is really really crucial to achieving the goals that you're talking about so we are all about data and using data to make decisions and data are better than people in these instances and if you can use the data to make a good choice about who's going to be a good fit you will end up with better results totally Well, thank you so much for sharing this. And we'd love to hear from all of you listeners. If you have any questions, thoughts, feedback about this topic or, you know, anything else workplace wellness related, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us um, on our website, workerbeing.com. You can email us at contact at workerbeing.com. And you can also find us on social media at workerbeing on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter almost forgot one. (laughs) Um, And then we also, we've talked about this before, but we have some courses available online for anyone that's interested. There is a free managing stress course. Uh, We'll link to it in our show notes. So go ahead and check that out. Thanks for listening. The Worker Being Podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabarek and Katina Sawyer and produced by Allie Johnson. 